Hey, 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 what is good, everyone? And you are back with Citywide Blackout, your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen. Now, if you're at all connected with the Boston music scene, the name Gene Dante and the Future Starlets is likely very familiar. Well, in this episode, I'm sitting down with Gene to talk about the brand new singles that the band has released, High Time and She's Outside. We also talk about the band's return to the stage of Ralph's Rock Diner in Worcester and how it felt to once again be back before an audience. Now, Gene has not been quiet during the pandemic, and we talk all about the music the band's produced, their new music video for High Time, and their upcoming shows later this fall. I am talking to a man who's really, really well-known in the city and beyond, Gene Dante of Gene Dante and the Future Starlets. Gene, welcome here. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Well, thanks, Max. It's great to be here, and uh, I am the one who is pleasured. Ooh, (laughs) we're both pleasured. I like this one. (laughs) All right. Well, there's a lot to talk about, certainly. Uh, You have a lot of new music coming out, a couple new singles that were recently released, and a really cool music video. But I want to start with the big thing, and that is that you recently returned to the stage. You played a show um, at Ralph's Rock Diner on July 30th in Worcester. And unless I miss my guess, this was actually your first live performance prior to the pandemic. I think your last one was February in Salem. (laughs) I do my homework. I know things. Like, yeah. (laughs) You're you're like, I I guess that happened? Sure, I'll just kind of go with it. (laughs) Was it? (laughs) So, um, question to you, um, how did it feel for you and the band to be back on stage again in, in, in front of people? Uh, uh, I'm always nervous about that. I mean, people always say, oh, you, you can't, you can't be nervous, but like, I'm always, uh, feel like it's, it's like if you are, yes, you're, you're riding a bike and if you fall off the bike, you're going to get back up and go. And if you, if you haven't written one in a long time, you're going to kind of, it's going to come to you pretty quickly. I, I understand there's that, but I also feel like much like an athlete you need to keep exercising those muscles and keep everything moving so it doesn't atrophy and that made me very nervous we did do several rehearsals to get back up to speed um and also i introduced a little synthesizer in that show which i'm we're still working out how that's going to work out in our show uh but uh so i guess it was exhilarating if you really want the short short version and, and it's for all those nervy reasons that it was exhilarating <laughs> yeah yeah now do you usually play at ralph's uh, i wouldn't well usually i mean i i've played there a few times in my career we actually and actually my partner lisa and i'm writing partner business creative partner criminal conscience um she, uh, Lisa and I did uh, a production of Hedwig and the Angry Inch there that uh, was, it was kind of space appropriate, I would say. So I'm familiar with Rouse. I like to get out there more. I actually really kind of want to play several places that are not, you know, Boston proper. That's the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, in the past, have you had, have you had a chance to kind of uh, branch out of Boston, play different areas or states? Sure have. Um, we have... Uh, this band and I have traveled all the way to Los Angeles. We've played with Gogo. We actually were on a bill opening for the band Orgy. 
Um, we've played New York City a few times pre-pandemic. We will return once things are back to that atmosphere. Um, and we've definitely played New Hampshire and Maine as well. And uh, we will continue to do so because we love playing Manchester, New Hampshire, and we love getting out of state, you know, and we've played, I think we've played West, Har West Hartford, Connecticut. We did a, a daytime show outdoors uh, a while back. Yeah. So we, we, it's my goal. You know, I don't want to just play one, you know, one place. <laughs> I like that because I feel like it can be very easy to get kind of stuck in the rut of playing like the familiar. You know, you play like the same like four or five places over and over because it's where your friends are. It's where you know the place, you know the owner. But I think it's equally important to get out, to get out of that rut, to experience oh. kind of new things. Well, especially, I mean, if, if, if that's what you want to do, like you want to get if you're having fun and you just like playing at your local place or whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but if you want to get your music out there, you know, part of it is playing shows. You also need, you know, uh, some kind of online support or something, you know, where there's the you know, awareness about your playing and your music and things like that. It, uh, it used to be called radio and, uh, <laughs> but now it's like, it's diverse. You know, there are other channels that people are pl you know, plugging into and then you hope that people say, Hey, what, what do you know? There are, you know, some kind of predictive ad just told me they're playing in our town in a month, you know, like. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, now, are you getting back into shows like full force now that this is an option? Um, we're being very cautious. The next uh, show we have booked right now will be October 1st in Salem, Massachusetts. At, uh, one of my favorite places is Koto. And uh, but the show uh, admis admission will be uh, re requiring proof of vaccination or a recent negative COVID test, and you will have to be masked the entire time being inside. And and actually, so will I. I have the band and including the singer have to wear a mask. So that will be a uh, a fun challenge. But here's the thing: if it's good enough for anyone else to wear a mask, I can wear a mask. And if you think I can't project through a thin piece of gauze, you got another thing coming. I know all too well that, yes, you can. You could probably project through a brick wall, sir. <laughs> Sorry, loud no, Italian. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing. And and that's what I've always really enjoyed about your presence is that when you guys play a show, you don't just play a show. You own that show. You have su such, such, you have such a great stage presence and persona. But I'm curious if that was always the case with the future starlets. Well, when we... Uh, first started, I mean, if you want to go way back to stage presence, I mean, I, I will say that, you know, when you're somebody who is like maybe an outcast or maybe uh, picked on a little or everything like that, you develop, you, you, you have two paths, you know, you can be, a, you can stay afraid or you can just grab the bull by the horns and make the most of it. And, uh, and not allow those things to happen and really, you know, make a statement and, uh, you know, I mean, it's clear which side I chose and I hope everyone would do something like that, you know? So anyway, so there's that, but then in the band, the first incarnation of the band, I was playing rhythm guitar and singing and the complaint was there wasn't a show. And if there's one thing that, uh, the Beatles have taught us, that was the first thing they used to yell at them in Germany was mock show, make a show. So, uh, I'm not, you know, I don't, I'm not fond of staring at my footwear or staring at the neck of a guitar. So we 
brought Eric in, on board and he took over playing rhythm guitar for me and added another backup singer as well. And then I just became, the, you know, the guy, they call it the front man. I, I'm not a fan of that word because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually the songwriter too. You know, I'm not just, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you got to do it and people want to connect. You know, I always say, what for better, for worse, the audience always relates to the singer because only the musicians will relate to the musicians, even if you can be a fan of a musician, but the 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 relation, that kind of, oh my God, if I was in that situation, everybody relates to the singer because we all use language, you know? So I always feel like the, there's a double burden on the singer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. I don't think anyone ever says, I can relate to the bassist, aside from another, another uh, bassist. Another bass player, you sure? Possibly a drummer. <laughs> Possible, yeah, yeah, definitely. The bass players are so like people; they get a bad rap, but man, they are like often the coolest guy in the band. Right. Like it, it's the stupidest thing for me to uh, to say because there's that you know, like there's a trope that they're not cool or whatever. But I don't know, man. Bill Wyman just knew looked like he knew what he was doing the whole time with the Stones and. You know, McCartney, you know, yeah. these guys, bass guys, you know, why is the bass guy not cool? The bass guy's super cool. And where did that even come from? Like, like I'm not even sure where that trope came from, that the bass player is like the outcast of the band. It just seems right. to be something that we just sort of, is just kind of like part of like the, the lexicon. Like, oh, bassist, they suck and they're not important and no one likes them. I was like, but I know lots of bassists. They're nice guys. <laughs> Tell you, you you uh, take a song with a killer bass line and replace it with a boring bass line, and you'll miss it. That's for sure. Exactly, you know? exactly. You mentioned that your uh, next show is going to be at uh, Kodo. I've been there a couple times for shows. Um, I think last time was to see my buddy uh, Kate Epper is playing, and I love like Salem has such a great music scene, like the Gulu, Opus, Kodo. Um, I think the city is really coming into its own as this like arts showcase because like we've all know Salem. Oh, Salem is the, is the place you go for Halloween. It's the witch <laughs> trials. It's the history place. But there's so many great places to catch shows there. Oh yeah, no, uh, Salem is a really great town to hang out in. And if you're you know if you're a local but you don't want to be a tourist, like go other times of year, man. It's a great great place. I saw what was it? There's like um, like a brewery or something and say, Oh darn it. I forget the name of it. They had my friend's bands played there and it was so cool. I was like, there's just, uh, I wish I remember the name. Oh, maybe we can insert it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, anyone, from, yeah. anyone um, uh, from Salem, if you happen to know the place we're referring to get at us on socials and let us know what the hell it's called. Yeah. Right. I mean, it was a great time, but uh, yeah, Salem. I just love it. I love it all, all the times of year. I, Tend to stay away, so October first might be my last time there until Halloween's over, just because I know it gets mobbed. But. It does, it does, and after everything that we just went through, the idea of being in a mob scene's like, yeah, this seems like the exact opposite of everything we were told, like you know, not to do. Right, exactly. Yeah, but uh, and I, I have actually been to Salem a couple times for Halloween, not never on Halloween, Lord no, right, but yes, around it, and it's fun i mean like pre-covid oh, yeah. it was so much fun and the, one of the more fun things was actually not the costumes which are awesome but there's one guy who would walk around 
with this sign on his back, and he was one of those like religious types, basically listing everyone who was who was like uh, going to hell. It's basically everyone. Like, huh? So hell's crowded now, huh? Space is a premium. It, or it, or depending on who is on that list, it might be the cool place to be. Right. <laughs> Trust me, it, it it is the cool place to be because it's it's like <laughs> me, all my friends. Like, wow, that's so heaven's quiet, isn't it? Yeah. No need. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, man. All right. So let's talk about the new music. You uh, you uh, recently released two singles. Um, uh, She's Outside back in July and High Time recently. Um, both have such a cool sound and I think very much epitomize what the what Gene Dante and the Future Starlets are like all about. But how would you sort of define who you are? Uh, it's that's always a good question because you know, do we even see ourselves the way other people see ourselves? But I mean, I would I would define us as we're we're definitely a rock band. We have uh, our fingers dipped in in pop, in art rock, and uh, and just like the heavier side of rock. But um, yeah, I mean, you can people always say there's the Bowie influence. You bet, absolutely. I mean, who who hasn't borrowed a little from him or been you know had a little you know gold rubbed off. Um, but there's all, you know, like there's that whole early eighties art rock bands or British, you know, bands that would come over. Um, there's, uh, definitely an early seventies glam rock element to it. And then there's, you know, like there's our own stuff. Like, I mean, you can hear some of the, some of the country redneck roots of, of our, our rural pasts that some of us in the band have, when it comes through in the music. You can also hear our love of you know, really elitist synth rock, you know, <laughs> like, so I, um, I would say that we're definitely, uh, we're a rock band with those, you know, fingers dipped in glam, uh, synth alternative and pop. Hmm. So when it comes time to write like a new song, when it comes to like, you know, how it's going to sound, does it sort of depend on like what your mood is or how you're feeling at the moment in terms of what you want to hear? The best ones will always come out of emotion. It's just the nature of the beast. It'll be the, or I should say, the strongest ones. Um, whether that emotion is, you know, and let's face it, really something painful because all great art comes from suffering. Nothing considered great art came from a comfortable, you know, life, right? So it's usually something out of sadness, hate, or anger. Um, that is the best, but I would say that, you know, songs come to you, you know, I, I learned a long time ago, not to censor myself. And wh- I, what I'm really hoping that all the bad songs I was ever going to write, I already wrote them. And now I, I'm moving on to more mature stuff. That's, uh, still catchy and not, you know, what do they say? Inaccessible. I can't stand that because if something's inaccessible, it's just a nice way to say it sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but I would say that uh sometimes i'm fortunate that uh you know when i hear white noise like the shower running or uh you know my air conditioner a melody will pop into my head and i immediately record it and then i figure out what i'm going to do with it or sometimes i'm just jamming away on my guitar and i hear a, a chord progression i like and i record that and i use that later and sometimes i literally dream a song like I'll have a song in my head in my dream, and I have to when I wake up, I immediately have to like start singing that melody. And it, I've had it happen a lot. And I think if anyone ever has that happen, they should immediately wake when they wake up, 
record that right away because that's like a message, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've heard that a lot of artists keep like, uh, keep like a notepad or, or uh, the cell phone these days right by the bed. So if they have oh, yeah. a dream about a song or wake up with an idea, they can immediately grab it before it flies out of their head. Absolutely. It used to be paper and I still have a, a wads of paper in a notebook that have all my little scraps of ideas. So if I ever feel the well drying, I can go back and see if there was actually anything good there. But uh, yeah, no, I, when the muse, you know, speaks, you must listen, you know, you, ha- you must act, you must follow. And that's the way it is with, with anybody creating. Like I, I don't, I don't ever want to sound like I'm like some brilliant songwriter that architects this giant opus, you know, orchestra thing. I can't, but if you're creating anything, you're like, you know, making, just trying to decide what the landscape of the front yard that you have is going to look like, or if you're creating, you know, you're in science and you're solving problems, you know, like you got it. When the muse strikes, you got to follow it. Cause that's creation. Exactly. There's ramble. No, that. no, no, that, no, no. I, I like that because that that's a very authentic response, you know, because you're right. I mean, cre- like creativity doesn't have a structure. It doesn't have a formula. It's just random. Like, like I could see you being in, in like a, in like a target one day and just like you have an idea and you start singing it like into your phone because you know, like you said, when the muse hits, you got to capture it. You really <laughs> have. That's so awesome. Well, I'll run out to the car, you know, keep like humming it quietly, hoping nobody hears me. And then like, you know, Oh yeah, dude, it happens, right? If you're lucky, you hear yeah. a fragment of something else and it be and it branches and I it triggers something in your head, you know, sometimes. Or a phrase somebody's saying as they walk by, you know. Oh yeah, Those... you, you just never know. It's it's almost like random spots, honestly. Um So looking at, so um speaking of, uh, speaking of like stories, uh, High Time certainly has a very powerful story. This one being all about showing narcissists the door and removing like the bad seeds. Now Reading about this one, uh, it says that it's your signature style of self-care. I'm curious how that came to be and how it's kind of helped you. <laughs> well, is, is the signature style of self-care writing songs or is it, is it telling people to get lost? <laughs> it could be both, actually. It could be both. Well, I mean, it, it kind of is. Like, um, there just comes a point in your time, uh, in your life where, you know, you have to really, you know, when you recognize that somebody, I'm sorry, I'm phrasing that all wrong. Let me, let me start that over. Um, (laughs) Take two. Yeah. Take two. Now, um, I just think that, uh, people come into your life and you think they're one thing and then you realize pretty, you know, hopefully quickly, sometimes not so quickly that they're not and that they, um, you know, that they are, uh, actually possibly destructive or at least distractive to what you need to accomplish and it's time to break it off and there's a million ways to do it but you know it's uh it's always a bummer that you one day you just have to say you know what it's my turn that's what you have to do exactly which is hard it's so hard especially if you have a history with that with that person like i've had the hard time cutting folks out of, out of my life because I thought, oh, we've been friends for like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. Do I really want to end it? And there's a line that I got out of, out of, out of a movie. So take that That's for okay. what it's worth. <laughs> and is Most that of the best lines came from, come out of movies. Well, this <laughs> is, this is also like a Marvel movie. So also take it for what it's worth. But 
I'm into it. <laughs> it, sta- it stayed with me. It said the line is that a thing is not beautiful because it lasts forever. I take that one to heart a lot because, and I think it can apply to ending a relationship or ending a friendship, even when you're reluctant. It's like, you know what? It sucks that it's ending. We had some good times, but now, like you said, it's time for this thing to go. Yeah, that's what it is. That it, that is a good line. A thing isn't beautiful because it lasts forever. You know, like that's. I think that's well written and very true. And so, yeah, I mean, that's you know, people move on. People move on for a million reasons. They don't, and it doesn't have to be a violent, explosive, dramatic. You know, lowering of the guillotine. You know, like it's <laughs> definitely. You know, it can happen a million ways. Sometimes it's just you know what. Blocking the number and saying, well, if you call me, you're in for a surprise. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, one line that I really liked from the song is, take anything you want, but you can't take me. This like musical putting of the foot down. Yeah. Um, have you had to say this? Have you actually had to like say that to people when you sort of well, said <laughs> I think it's more like somebody said it to me, like, I just can't take you or something like that, you know, like, but. But there's the double meaning of that. Like you can't, you can't take me, meaning you can't own me. You can't take me over. But then it's like, you can't handle me. It's like, uh, you just can't take me, you know, like I can't take you anymore, you know, that kind of thing. And that's, I wanted it to have that, you know, I was really looking for that kind of double meaning there because it is true. Like you can't, you, you can't take me over and you can't handle any more of me. And that's okay. Cause I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit to handle. I don't know. You, you may have heard it, probably. <laughs> I will move on to the to the uh, the next question. Actually, <laughs> no comments. Moving on. Um, but no, I, I actually think it's kind of cool. Even if you are a bit much, I think that's kind of a cool quality to have because I, I, from what I've seen from you on stage and in heard in the music, this is someone who genuinely enjoys life and dives right into it well that's really um very flattering thank you i i would like to encourage everybody to be like that and i try to you know if the number one person i have to keep convincing to be like that is me you know i mean so it's not it doesn't come naturally and it's it's through my own self vigilance that i find some enjoyment out of life and i get out of the house and i observe things and i write about them and stuff like that so Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You also got the music video uh, for um for High Time. I gotta say, man, that was uh that was a that was intense music video. I watched it a couple of times. Like, yeah. what am I seeing? First, I was like, what am I seeing? And then I was like, okay, now I'm sort of getting it. It's the second one. Um, it's the second one. Uh, uh, the second video. So we did one for She's Outside. Uh, this one, but this the High Time video is special. Um, it's uh directed by my friend Sylvia Graciano. Um, and the cinematographer, Amanda McGrady, my friend, Maya Landy did my look, um, and, uh, and uh, we had Karen, Cody and Rich on the crew. I'm trying not to forget anyone. And I know I suck, but we'll run the credits. They watch the credits on the video and you'll get everyone's names. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been wanting to work with Sylvia for a long time and we still want to do some more stuff together. And so I asked her, I said, well, maybe we should do a music video. And so she put the team together and we, we did it like safely, socially distanced with masks until we had to film. Everybody was great. Um, and it took us about a day to film it and then, uh, got edited. But yeah, that, that whole look and everything in that is all that's like the Sylvia 
vision with Amanda, you know, I mean, I don't know how that partnership works. I'm trying to learn myself because I, I love the directing part as well. But um, yeah, she, uh, th I love that video. I'm glad you like it. <laughs> she did an absolutely amazing job. I mean, like, I'm not familiar with her work and I will definitely change that. But I was like, it was so powerful. And I think it had a very, not a creepy vibe, but it had a bit of like a horror movie tone to it with lighting and the angles and the emotion too, especially on your face. Well, it's funny you should say that because Sylvia definitely um, is uh, a horror aficionado, I will say. And uh, we actually want to do a horror movie together. So, and I think we will do one together, which is great. But yeah, she's her, the ideas and everything. I mean, that's why I had to work with her. Yeah. <laughs> and you say that this thing took like a day to shoot and the whole thing is, I think like three and a half minutes long, give or take that amazes me. It's like a day for that. That's amazing. Oh. The amount of work. Well, a music video, it's, um, you would think it would be shorter to film. Like if you're like when you're filming television, but the cuts are so tight that you, and you don't want to keep cutting back to the same thing that would look horrible. So you always, do shots that are, you know, you do a wide, you do a narrow, everyone gets a close-up, then there's a close-up of the instruments. It really is to provide a lot of variety for the eye to catch. And then this video also was a lot more than just the band playing. They, there was that whole, uh, the mannequin story and everything like that. And that was setting those, man wrangling mannequins, Rich Burns, thank God for you, but seriously, let that's um, the worst job transporting and wrangling mannequins is the worst job in the world. It like, no, I, you know what I mean? It's way more work than you think. I'm not even sure where you would get them. Is, is, is it like a, is, is it like, is, like, is there like, like, <laughs> like a mannequins a, are us or is he, or, or is he like a dumpster diving at Walmart for them? We, all right. So I actually have a few friends that have a couple, so they were generous and lent them to us. And then, um, uh, I believe there's a movie rental place out in like Worcester and that's where we, uh, Sylvia found and they were able to rent us a bunch more. So we had rent, you rent them, you rent. Yeah. I mean, there's not, I, I don't think anyone wants to buy two dozen mannequins and then have to try to flip them or sell them or whatever. What are they going to do? Hang out in your house and you're going to wake up in the middle of the night, walk through the field of mannequins and one of them's going to move. And you know how that's how the horror movie happens. Yeah, no, just no, <laughs> no. Never right? burn, burn the house down first. No. I don't want a mannequin. I don't want a statue. I don't want a blow up doll in my house. No, at all. no. Cause we've Cause seen that movie that come to life. Exactly. Every <laughs> single time. If I go to someone's house and I see they have a doll collection, I think, no, I'm not staying overnight here. Yeah. Cause I'm dead. If I do that, Sorry, I'm, I'm swiping. What is it? Swipe left. No, swipe yeah, ex right. yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, it's like, well, I collect dolls and goodbye. With you on that. That's... For me, I, I suppose the ultimate would be like clown dolls. Like that would be like the big like. If if this is wrong, just give me a sign, and then you walk in like a clown doll. <laughs> it's like okay, there we go. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I want to ask about the mannequins because obviously they're very central to the store. But what do they represent? They uh, oh, the mannequins are a, a symbol of because they can be anything. They can be. They can make it so, especially when I'm the only, re, you know, human being in the scene, that I'm I'm an outcast of whatever that is, whatever it represents. Plastic people, some kind of alien, you know, non-humans, 
or just, you know, I'm the only one with real feelings or real action or anything like that. And I'm also the only one breaking away from whatever formation they're making. So they symbolize kind of like, a, I would say like just the force, any kind of force that you're opposing, but, uh, Definitely, certainly a mindless crowd would always come to mind. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, and seeing you just, like, in the middle of the crowd of mannequins surrounded by them, it's like... Like that Doctor Who, this is like Doctor Who episodes where there's man killer mannequins, right? I mean, I, I think they've done it a few times. Yeah. There have, there have been 14 of them, so God knows they had to recycle one or two things. <laughs> <laughs> hey! You know, I mean, if you, it, it works, it works. I mean, like, oh, I'm, I'm still a fan. Are you kidding? I'll watch that thing until the day we're, we're going back and watching one of my, my besties and I are watching, uh, the Sarah Jane adventures just because it exists in the doctor who universe. And we want to see how they've connected it. Mm. Like, okay. So I kind of feel like we're watching like, you know, goosebumps or something. <laughs> and oh, all right age <laughs> uh, I, remember, I remember those days fondly <laughs> so moving on from mannequins because yeah. holy creeping hell no yeah we um, actually you know before we do that though i do want to ask like when it came to planets how did you like to storyboard the video um this one i didn't have to uh, uh sylvia i believe did one and uh and just kind of mapped out what she thought was a vision and and uh I remember it being, you know, not overly complex, but the move, the idea of the, the shots of the circle of mannequins around me, and then the idea of me walking through the, you know, through the uh, maze of them when they're all dressed up at the end. Like, she definitely had shots that she wanted to accomplish and, and a palette that she wanted to work in. So, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, luckily, that's the best part about having someone else direct is they do that. You know, they have the vision. You know, not because I'm lazy. I'm just, you know, sometimes I don't have the idea, you know? Yeah. Hey. And there's nothing wrong with like uh, diversifying. Nothing wrong with this thing. Okay. You do this. I'll do this. Correct. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about the new album. This is coming out in the fall. It, yep. We pronounce it deluxe, but yeah, it's, yeah, D all was stylized as D capital D capital L slash capital U capital X. <laughs> But it is also that, like, and I want people to, it, it's totally cool. Um, and uh, that, I mean, we said, well, let's pronounce it deluxe, but also um, DL slash UX is, for me, it was, it's just a coincidence that it's close enough to deluxe, but it was the down low user experience. That's, that's why there's a slash in there. Oh. So, and I, I just kind of thought that that was really fitting because um, I was saying because my life has been both deluxe and I only say that because extra is a bit up too on the nose and, uh, and also very much a down low user experience and, uh, hopefully not forever. <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. What would you say have been some of the, like, uh, I guess like the highs and the lows, you know, like it has been like a roller coaster. Has it been more of like, things are good and they're bad and they're good again. Oh, Life's always a roller coaster. Who wants a, you know, like what's that old line? You know, what do you want? A roller coaster or, or a carousel? Carousel just goes around and around, does the same thing every time. A roller coaster, it surprises you, excites you, and it's way more cathartic by the time you're done. So, you know, and that, no complaints, man. Good. <laughs> Life should be a roller coaster. <laughs> I like that. I like that. 
And I read that uh, that um, this album also is is uh, going to have some show stories from like New York and LA, where you mentioned you've uh, played a fair amount before. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we make we're, we're planning on returning there. It's just right now with uh, you know now it's the Delta variant. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. But we're really you know there's a lot of folks. Hey, Paul Stanley got COVID. Like, I mean, to me, that's like he's recovering. And so I guess Gene Simmons got it, too. You know, he was careful and he still got it. So that's what the bummer is. You know, like it's the scary part. Like, you know, he probably did every precaution he had to do and he still got it. So, you know, can we can we successfully, you know, play indoors at these venues? What are their policies? You know, and I mean, after, you know, so it'll be some time before that. That yeah. happens. So, you know, and it, great. We'll make more videos and we'll play shows outdoors somewhere that we can. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but, but we will, we will, when it's safe to return to any venue, we're going to return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for this album, what are some of the stories you have in store? There's a recurring theme throughout the album of uh, which uh, High Time touches on, which is the, it's kind of the removal or moving on from people that had a place in my life and getting ready for what's beyond the door. And, uh, that theme recurs. And it, uh, what did I say? Um, recently said, I said, it's about that. It's about like removing people that are no longer, you know, for whatever reason about accepting myself and moving forward. So those are the three kind of things that really these songs touch upon. I know she's outside is about the, you know, the, the excitement and terror of the unknown you know, and, uh, and high time is about, you know, one is a, is one of the goodbyes, you know, and, uh, there'll be a couple others is the, the single after this, uh, uh, deals with the lies we tell ourselves when you do say goodbye to someone and, or, or when they've said goodbye or where, or they're gone for whatever reason. And, uh, and the, and what we tell ourselves to survive and that'll be the thing. And then there's of course, you know, a lot of, you know, there's a few, you know, cocksurism things that are going on in some of these songs because you have to, you know, you have to give yourself, you can't just talk about all your woes. You got to talk about your glories and your, and your, you know, the, the prettiness that goes on too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like, I think that uh, if your song is nothing but like sad stuff and like hard times in your life, that's going to be a hard, a hard listen. So it can be depressing almost. <laughs> I'll try, what I try to do is, the uh the saddest lyrics i do i try to put to the most upbeat music so like people will be bobbing their heads and singing about something something depressing or, or i don't know because I, I feel you know if you want to hear like that kind of really super sadness i mean i'm sure there's some new little girl out this year next year that's going to do the the sad rejection song it's okay <laughs> <laughs> I, at, the, at this <laughs> yeah, no, you're probably right. You're you're probably right. It's actually funny. I don't need to write one about it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. It's funny too, because uh, you mentioned that and high time definitely has that very upbeat sound for the very serious topic. Yeah. Well, and that's you know, it's kind of what because I don't want it to be seen as a bad thing, I guess. And and to have something upbeat and, and peppy and kind of pop like like, you know, like I, I think that, you know, sometimes, you know, saying goodbye is the best thing. Hopefully it's best for both parties, you know? And so why, why should it be a bad thing? You 
you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely seen a few folks say goodbye to friends because of everything going on right now. There's been a lot, of course, a lot of you know, you know, a political controversy, whether it is over Black Lives Matter, you know, Trump, COVID, and all the different conspiracy theories. I've seen stories about people saying, "Yeah, I cut my cousin out of my out of my life. My best friend is gone because there was just too much frustration. There was too much friction between the two of us." Yeah. No. I that. Yes, there's been a lot of that, and it's it's rough. I mean, it sucks because there are, you know, I even myself, I have people where I'm like, oh, I just can't really, I can't be listening to you with this anymore. I just can't. I, I know I know what I support and believe in when I cast my ballot uh, in a fair and not stolen election, which it was not. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, but um, I... Yeah, it's it's a bummer, and and you, people will cut people out of their lives, and it's really too bad because uh, it's too bad that people that we vote in get paid by us, and everything are you know certain parties are backed by certain media outlets that you know just pump out whatever they want, and there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. And I'm speaking about Fox News in particular, uh, and that and and all their shitty spawn that have happened like OAN and everything like that. The snark and reporters voices happen uh, over time because they can get away with it because we don't have the fairness doctrine in place anymore. They can't, uh, they aren't bound out of fear to report just strictly in the facts and not give a little slant in their voice, you know, and now without the fairness doctrine, let's face it. And people are, there's so many channels that are just unchecked. I really just mean Fox news though. Yeah. I agree. I agree. You know, we talked earlier on about the different styles and elements to your music. For Deluxe, will you be going in any any kind of uh, new directions musically? Well, I would say it's still got the core guitar, bass, and drums. Uh, We've definitely experimented a lot more with synthesizers and... um, piano which i love i love having guest piano players on so we got some piano on some stuff i played a little and uh john played some as well um we definitely did uh there's a few songs which were uh move away from the full band arrangement we did that on purpose to give like a little kind of like mellow piece dips in the record so it's not just rock and roll guitars in your face you know um and so I would say, yeah, and I know that um, I would say more it's more arrangement and production styles that I'm that I'm experimenting with. I'm definitely not trying to like we're going to reproduce the Ethiopians um, or something like I, I'm, I have no interest in that. Sting's done that and he's the king of that, but or whatever. But I I mean, for me, I'm going to continue to produce and you know write and release and produce the songs that come to my head, wherever they are. And if. If I hear a djembe in my head, we'll put it on there. But I probably can't be convinced to add one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that would be an interesting fit. I think that'd be a very interesting fit um, for you guys. <laughs> but hey, you never know. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be like in like accordion thing next time. Right. If I have a dream about it, look out. <laughs> <laughs> oompa, oompa music. <laughs> oh. Hey, there you go. A, a, a little uh, Oompa, a little glam rock, a little Bowie. We're going to play the beer gardens of, of America. <laughs> They're outdoors, so yeah. it's an outdoor. 
It's safe enough. Yeah, I like that. That's a good, that's a good concept. <laughs> I definitely look forward to to the uh, the rest of the album because what, I, what I'm hearing with High Time and She's Outside, it's just like, it's kind of funny because when I first heard High Time, I thought, this is Gene Dante. This, like, this is your sound. It's that punchy. It's that glamorous. It's that, but that upbeat tone, too. Oh, thank you. Wow, thank you very much. I was, uh, I wasn't sure how, I just knew it was a catchy song, and I, you know, I wasn't sure how it would get received, but I'm the thing I was, I was really curious about, and uh, I hope this doesn't sound too much like, like I'm trying to like kiss your ass here. Um, yeah, <laughs> a little, just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but you guys have certainly been, I would say, a staple in the Boston scene for a long time. You know, a lot of folks know who Gene Dante and the Future Starlets are. Um, I've seen you play a couple times. Do, but do you ever think about like what your impact or maybe what your legacy is in the Boston music scene? If I get my name on some plaque somewhere, that's really nice. It's definitely not necessary. Um, I, I'm flattered that other musicians know who I am, for better or for worse. I, I'm hoping it's for better. Um, uh, I know I've definitely, in, the, in previous years, I know that like a few young, uh, really female singers are like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be borrow from you i'm gonna do that and i love that so if anyone feels like they can uh you know get up and do something it doesn't even have to be in a band because i'm doing it i would that's that would be something special to me because i think that um by all you know by all logical means i shouldn't be doing this at all but here i am <laughs> so yeah i mean but i i'm i don't really uh i figure history makes those decisions for you. Right. So if, you know, if I can just play some music and have a few people tell me they enjoy it, that's great. Really. It stops there, but, uh, history will decide who, um, you know, who made big impacts and what, what they influenced and things like that. And I'm, I'm 100% okay with that. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Gene, this has been a great time. I'm glad we finally got to sit down and talk about the music and about the process and about your history too and for the folks at home you go to gene dante g-e-n-e dante.com you'll find all of his stuff there follow his socials and look forward to download user experience out yep. in october <laughs> and then october 1st at kodo in salem uh vaccination proof required or, or a negative covid test masks required do it it's gonna be an awesome show and i hope to see you all there and gene we'll definitely be uh, talking soon you got it, Max. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great night. And you too. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Brian Murphy from One Time Mountain, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout with Max Bowen. Rock on. Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. Big thanks to Gene for joining me. I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and it was a lot of fun talking with him. You can follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Listen to the show wherever you find podcasts. And if you want to get at me, it's citywidemax at yahoo.com. To close things out, I've got the band's new single, High Time, which really captures the amazing glam rock sound that is Gene Dante and the Future Starlets. As always, keep those ears open.
Zeit.